This is a news roundy podcast and you're listening to NL Playoffs. Hello and welcome to NL Playoffs. Uh, my name is Gautam. I have with me my co-host Aniket. Aniket, say namaste. Hello world. This is uh, round 31 of NL Playoffs. We are recording this on the 11th or the 15th of November uh, at ni- around 9.15 a.m. in the morning. We have a very, very special guest. She's back uh, again joining us. We have Sharda Agra. Sharda, thank you so much for joining. Hi, hi. Most glad to be here. Sorry to be late in the recording. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> we were not supposed to discuss this on air, Sharda. <laughs> <laughs> ఉంటుంది I think something important and interesting for uh, news in India was the Mini- Ministry of Youth Affairs and Sports announced uh, the Dhyan Chand Khel Ratna Award to Achant Sharad Kamal. So I think it's uh, pretty great news and I think this year he's the only awardee uh, for the Dhyan Chand Khel Ratna, especially after everything, uh, the performances in the past, I think it's fair to say a year and a half. So we just wanted to know, do you have, uh, you know, thoughts on that uh, one way or the other? Uh, no, it's great. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a bit skeptical these days about these awards that go out. But I mean, if Sharad, if, if there was an, a, an award to be given, any award, like the top Indian sports award is given, I think Sharad Kamal has been, Achanta Sharad Kamal has been like a leader for Indian table tennis. Uh, he was there before the whole... uh you know commonwealth games uh, uh sort of thing came about and they and, and they got that italian coach working with them and he was there before everything right. uh, he played completely he's been everybody's hero like you know uh, whether it's satyan or whether whoever else all the younger kids coming through and he's just a sort of a, a great personality as well um so uh, you know absolute congratulations to him whatever uh, award uh, he gets uh, uh, he deserves uh, full marks i thought you were going to ask me about this electoral uh, uh, election of the ioa that just suddenly vanished but uh, we will i shall hold ac- hold ac- my fire actually moment. that was <laughs> that was something i had next lined up because uh, uh, 10 Love member uh, 10 members of the ioa athletics commission were out of which five are females and also olympians so uh, and they are going to be uh, electing their chairperson and uh, vice chairperson among themselves and i think this is supposed to happen today as we speak so i we just wanted to kind of get your thoughts for a lay person who like me who doesn't understand why this is important and is it good is it bad uh, what are your thoughts on this okay so uh, for the first time the indian olympic association has had an athletes commission because it's been pushed by the courts to do so the ioc has this very huge impressive athletes commission and it actually means uh, uh, uh something and and they are very very strict about uh, you know 50% male 50% female it's an international olympic committee uh, demand and it's a mandatory sort of request which if it had not been you would have had no women or one woman or two women in this group of 10 now the back story to this gets even more interesting uh even for the lay audience who saying okay this is a great step forward you know indian sport is now going to go into this new era of uh, acche din and whatever and but what has happened is that yesterday there was a list of about 
42 or 39 or 42 athletes that had that were contesting for these 10 posts and last night suddenly or day before um, i think i have got my timings a bit wrong i'm on vacation uh, but um, either last night or day before that list suddenly everyone withdrew from you know their their, their position saying we want to contest for these seats everybody withdrew all 39 or 42 people they just vanished and it became almost like a North Korean kind of an election. You know, everybody unanimous, beautiful, fantastic. Um, you know, the, the birds are singing, the sun is shining kind of a thing. And it's very strange. I just find it very strange that this happened. So it obviously means that, you know, why did all these people stand up? What was it? Were they threatened? Were they promised? Laddus, whatever. You know, so you don't know what this is. I mean, there are rumors of uh, all I can say before being taken to court for criminal uh, defamation is that there were rumors of a meeting at a minister's house at two o'clock in the morning sorting out this whatever allegedly, can, can, allegedly yeah allegedly there was a meeting uh, and there are people uh, allegedly uh, there are people involved uh, allegedly from the government uh, and from uh, as in uh, from the uh, allegedly the bureaucracy is involved in this the sports bureaucracy and allegedly um, uh, ministers who are currently not holding sports portfolios are allegedly in this as well. And allegedly, there is a sportsman who was part of this alleged cabal. <laughs> I love the word alleged. <laughs> <laughs> Made sure that these names vanished. Right. And uh, so you don't know what this Athletes Commission is going to be like. It's got great names. But as we know, our sporting heroes... Sometimes, many times, as you have discovered over my careers, many years, they end up being quite disappointing, you know, in terms of standing up for their cause, standing up for their athletes, standing up, putting up a fight against um, institutional malpractice. So these 10 people are great names, full salams, you know, they're great in their sporting fields, but in fields of administration um, and in fields of fighting for these causes, that's what the Athletes Commission is supposed to do. That if, the, if an athlete has a grievance, he goes to that commission. Suppose he has a grievance against someone. Okay, I could go on. I'll just say this very quickly. Uh, cricket fans will say, what is this nonsense? We don't care. But, but uh, suppose the, an athlete has a grievance against a coach, right? Or against an official. And he, and he goes to the athlete's commission, but it's controlled by allegedly by somebody else. How is he going to get, um, how is he going to get his, his side heard? You know? So it's a, it's a very strange. So I'm reading the newspapers today to see this alleged party that took place at allegedly at 2 a.m. in the morning, allegedly in Delhi, allegedly in powerful houses. Uh, and but there's nothing there. You know, it's all I'm sure I, I'm damn sure that that there are reporters going to write about this. I'm, I'm pretty certain. I know I know the people uh, who will say this is absolute rubbish, but a commission has institutionally been formed. So at least it's there in practice. Uh, you know, can you imagine athletes not wanting to compete? These are 42 athletes who put their name. They're saying, we are going to compete for these 10 posts. And they're saying, okay, fine, now we're going to compete. What is this? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I know we are here to talk cricket, but I think uh, just a minute, no, just a minute on this, because I think this is personally very important to me, because uh, we've had yes. this debate on this podcast n number of times, right? Uh, even with the whole FIFA under 17 girls, when things happened, uh, yes. we've spoken about how... Uh, uh, Football players like Chetri have been, you know, pushed aside by the governors. Uh, you can see it on stage. Exactly. You know, and, and, photographs. It's 
disgusting and when you have uh, stuff like this it's it's now very clear that when you think about it deeper uh, you know there's a deep rooted problem and it it seems like there is a uh, politics governing sport seems to be the problem now how how do you it is the problem yeah so how do, how do you go one way or the other cuz to be very honest as a lay person when i read this news i was like oh, wow this is cool this is so nice cuz you have like pv sindhu you have these great olympians who are there and then we come back and it's not a coincidence when 39 or 40 people are saying oh no i am not gonna, i mean one two we can say this so this is like proper electoral politics you know buying out uh, you know i'm not allegedly uh, not accusing of any uh, monetary transactions but you know stepping down it's not monetary yeah. i can influence and power allegedly is not monetary that i can say confidently it's not monetary yeah. so uh, this quid pro quo of you know whatever it is uh, it seems to be damaging uh, not one sport but as you dig deeper it's rampant throughout any sport that you pick and uh, so briefly i know this cannot be solved over the podcast here but what what are what are the ways around, i mean where 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 do we go from here like i mean uh, you know so this has come about after years and years and years of fighting to get this electoral electoral uh, system of the indian olympic association sorted i'm not saying that the uh, olympic commission of uh, i'm not if i don't you know some small country in some part of the world is absolutely clean or some big country in some part of the world the west or the east i'm not saying that is perfect but the point is we don't care we want our our olympic association to be much better than what it was it was it was terrible i mean there was stuff going on inside the indian olympic association that had the courts not stepped in and said you cannot have state olympic associations voting for you state olympic associations okay this is only one minute were created for the purpose of being vote banks right and now that has stopped so this was literally it's like this one step so it's like you've gone one step ahead and now you've come two steps back and then you got to push on push on push on so that's what it is uh, the, the role of politics uh, uh, comes in because money is involved and in all these olympic sport um, it's the government and you and me the taxpayers of the country that are, are, are giving money for these federations to run so some there is good practice available but it's very very tiny so everyone asks me what wherever i'm asked no no one is asked i just say that uh, of all these indian federations that are there sports federations who's clean so you're looking at it and you're saying uh, about 10% so that's the number right so that that is how bad this is and this is one step to push in to get this sorted out i mean there is an athlete allegedly involved in this sort of nonsense that happened about this so we are not we are not on to happy and rosy and sun is shining yet but it's there and it will be pushed and it will be it will be contested and it's good to see uh, i mean i was so happy to see those 40 names they are not superstars they're just people who think that i mean i'm not saying they're saints but at least they say fine i'm putting my name in this let me see if i can help let me see if i can do something yeah and then they say oh, you can't so yeah. this is a moment when all the all the hukums of the world are saying that no you can't we do not like democracy you know this sounds like the yeah, yeah which government in the world would not want to uh, uh, sort out their electoral role and be unanimously elected every time yeah. this is what you know uh, it reminds me <laughs> i'm not surprised that a particular athlete is in is in the know or in the cabal or whatever you can call that uh, because i was just watching um, a, a documentary on netflix called fifa uncovered it's just a brand new one that came out it's pretty good yeah. uh, so michel platini who is is the world cup winner for france 
he is he is in he was hugely into all the sports uh, uh he was hugely into all the sports politics and stuff like that immediately after he retired because he wanted that influence he wanted that power and now he's yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit disgraced so it's it's not surprising that an athlete is you know maybe kowtowing to the current dispensation or whatever it is all athletes kowtow to to dispensations all dispensations you know let, let's not forget that in because in india particularly sports it happens in other sports where the athletes has their own money like platini does they say oh well, let me get some more you know let me be in all these sort of various uh, things so it's basically that so there's a, there's a great saying it's attributed to abraham lincoln or his life it says that um you know everyone responds very well to adversity but if you want to see a man's character give him power so this is what this is what the thing is you know uh, and uh, it actually kind of sorry i mean this is one of those moments when you know reality kind of hits me as a sports enthusiast a fan of sport in india because i was of the opinion all this while and i i know nobody is everyone's in shades of gray here right including me yes. no one's in black and white but and, you always hope that uh, an athlete would do good by his fellows right uh, people who are undergoing the uh, same struggle and uh, here here we are you know we we have n number of examples it's not india it's all the way to fifa so so yeah i mean uh, it's uh, heartbreaking but uh, here we are i mean this is reality so no, no, no. i know we have to move on to rosie's topics like cricket but I do want to on related <laughs> cricket topics still but I don't think this has got enough uh, attention if you watch the T20 World Cup on TV mm-hmm. you see all of these Aramco ads Sharda uh, the yeah. Aramco is supposed to be th- is this huge uh, Saudi Arabian based energy company uh, yes. I read somewhere I think it's a report out there that that apparently that this company is responsible for like four or five to, don't quote me on that but about 4 to 5% <laughs> of the world's pop- pollution Uh, allegedly or what it is a report out that there is somewhere so let's let me use the word allegedly but yeah um uh, but yes and also and the lot of controversy surrounding it uh, regarding these uh, human rights violations and so on uh, mm-hmm. there's also the upcoming world cup in qatar that has its own share of human rights violations so as a fan shar then as a report i don't know if these two intersect or not but how do you separate that that versus watching the cricket and enjoying the cricket on field or enjoying the sport on field it's like art and the artist kind of thing right how do you separate yeah. that from this uh, no you don't you don't separate it in the sense but you literally switch off when you are watching a game as in you're watching a game as you're watching a game right i mean that's the question you you you're putting um you know and so you watch the game so somebody says how can you like cricket when you're just moaning about it all the time you know but the point is i like cricket i like to watch it being played i hope it's being clean and i'll watch it you know who doesn't want to watch surya kumar doing all those mad things that he does right but when you have to then see the other side of it you you have to go into that and look at it and the the saddest thing that you find as a reporter is that your heroes are not heroes actually they are just like normal people uh succumbing to power or to greed or to you know ambition or whatever it is you just as as do all of us you know so uh, but we are not paid fancy salaries and turned into he has great character so i the word character really upsets me when it's used in sport in commentary because you've seen the whole range of stuff that exists hero no chance stop using it you know uh so it's just that it is just that you know you see that i read a very interesting um this thing today a tweet today from priyanshu who used to work at the hindu as a sports reporter now is, is is studying in in i think canada us he said that you know this whole thing saying sports washing comes with the assumption that sport has always the sport has been clean at one point it has never been clean it's always been tied in with politics you know 
Um, and and there was an exchange between him and Siddharth Vedinathan who said that, listen, we used to have Benson and Edges smoking a, a cigarette company ads in cricket in the 1980s. And you look at it and you say, oh yeah. It was the Wills World Cup in 96. Correct. Benson and Hedges in that 1985, I think, was Benson and Hedges. So, yeah, yeah. So, it was all of that. So, it's human rights violations. It's like health. <laughs> I mean, the world is changing, you would hope. Um, but there is a certain aspect of uh, political correctness that turns up in sort of sports conversations. It's a blot on football or whatever it is. Saying, you know, um, it is how business works. It is how sports works because it has become a huge industry. If it was an amateur sport, it was fine. You would have all been playing. It wouldn't have been money. We wouldn't have a television to watch it. So that's the that, that's the whole deal that there is. I mean, for example, quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, every time an Olympics is held in a non uh, uh, sort of a Western kind of a country, it's like not going to happen ever. It is going to be an absolute calamity. Even Greece got like absolutely hammered. It's not going to be ready. It's not going to be ready in Beijing. The air is bad. The air is bad in Rio. Falana, falana. And you're saying, yes, we know you have to churn out these stories. If I wasn't working for the news agency, I would have to churn them out too. And it always comes together when it has to come together. But there is like this whole buildup of English language, what I call Anglo, the Anglosphere sort of responds immediately to the non-Anglosphere with contempt and disdain or whatever. You know, and, uh, this is what Qatar is, I think. I love the way that, uh, what's his name? Seb Blatter came and said, Are, I should not have given it to Qatar. Yeah. What? <laughs> you are in power doing the thing. You are the guy. Did you not read the papers? <laughs> so, I, uh, Shahid, again, I know we have you for limited time. So, I'm going to uh, just ask one follow-up question on this. And it's mm. about to do with, uh, you know, privatization coming into sport. You know, is yeah. is that is that an option? Is that a solution? Uh, where do we go? Because, again, uh, Gotham's talking about Aramco, sponsor, money. So, mm. I mean, the, I mm. think the underlying is big money and big power. Right. Whenever this goes, it leads to corruption. But what are your thoughts as someone who's been in this field, like especially with all that Olympics, uh, you know, we have uh, the podium schemes that are going on, athletes actually doing well. What are your thoughts along these lines? Uh, When you're saying privatization, you mean the um, introduction of private enterprise into the functioning of sport in India, you're referring to specifically. That's correct. Yeah, I mean, very uh, focused on India, Uh, you know, not necessarily running the bodies, but, you know, even coming in because once that, uh, in my head, if that's streamlined... So yeah. maybe you can, uh, you know, avoid uh, <laughs> these kind of stories. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping too much, maybe. But no, I think uh, the advent of private in uh, private interest and inter- interest and enterprise in India's Indian sport changed sport in a huge way. Huge. So you're looking at this started in about say 2005, 2006 because your top elite athletes, uh, you know, they they they, they came in. Uh, were, were basically it only happened because our sports federations were so useless and so corrupt because people came in and said look we've got these great athletes here they they, they, they need to be given a chance they need to be given uh, uh, sort of the best most responsive kind of um, a, a treatment when it comes to where do they want to compete individual athletes where do they want to compete uh, do they need uh, uh, you know sports science uh, intervention at this time are they injured who should be coaching them the moment these people they, they came in this is a completely desi invention these sort of they call themselves sports non-profits but there is profit that is being made um, so when these private companies came in uh, it became uh, it changed the game because then the government says, yeah, we are giving the money, they are getting all the publicity. So then the government put in the top scheme and they did whatever. How can it be athletes thank them all the time? What about the fact that we give them all the... So it became that. 
and because of our our sports administration was so useless this this kind of breed of entrepreneurs was born i mean it was created like that and uh, uh, there so there is still there is now for example wrestling federation says i do not want my athletes going to these things this fellow who is an mp uh, <laughs> uh, mp of uh, the wrestling uh, member of parliament is the president of the wrestling federation he is trying ban banning his athletes from going there so it's almost like you're trying to control the athlete it's not that the private company doesn't control the athletes they do but at least the athlete gets a good deal in trying to make sure that they can produce their best performance when they do and it's not that athletes don't try and play the uh, play the system they do but the point is that the that uh, it, the sports federation people would not even allow them to even get that far right and like i say this all the time athletes are greedy they are selfish they are insecure they are manipulative but they have a talent that no sports federation official at that point in time has some of them have been athletes but at that point in time boss they are more precious than you ever then you are at that point of time so you just have to put your hands up and say all right let, let let's live with this that's that's fascinating all right let's move on to cricket where i think you promised <laughs> the listeners that for like 20 minutes it's been a lot of uh, hype of uh, building up so um, like the indian team and the whips <laughs> well uh, we were going to talk about the indian team a little later on to but be very honest uh, this to... was this was the more interesting part of the conversation that it, i had it is. but let's go there so, is enough cricket <laughs> content out there for the folks anyway exactly uh but uh the tv world cup we'll get to india in a little bit uh, shada but i think we should open up with england yeah. and i think their story essentially starts at the end at the 2015 world cup at the end of the 2015 world cup because that is when they lost to bangladesh and got out of the group stage i think in the world cup in 2015 australia it's been a full circle from 2015 australia to 2022 australia because that is when they said look we need to revamp our uh, limited oversight so alistair cook uh, jonathan trot ian bell jimmy anderson stuart broad all got the boot and said look you focus on the longer format of the game let us now revamp i think they got trevor bailey's in at that in around that time uh, and it has seen uh, i think it was more and afterwards it might have been trevor bailey's sharda yeah. um, uh, and it was and it has seen a bit of a turn around from then 2016 world cup t20 in india they make the finals which they should have won and uh, except for those four sixes by carlos brathway <laughs> and then they win the 2019 world cup uh, the 50 format and now uh, they won the the t20 world cup again so it's been quite a transformation from 2015 to now it's huge i mean english performance is you know you're looking at it and saying what is happening here so but you you've seen it as a as a, almost like a methodical way that they've gone about it you know and they've made these finals right they've given themselves a chance at the title and it's been relentless and the point is that they did have a bad match in this in this world cup uh you know they lost but they said fine just move on we know that the system works for us so i mean the 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 format works for us let's just go ahead and do this and they have been quite astonishing and they almost so this baseball stuff that started when brendan mccullum they've been baseballing white ball cricket from like like the last 6 7 years you know they've been doing that since uh, uh, from after that 2015 thing it's a lesson for maybe it's a lesson for every team maybe it's not but it's just such a great model to see this happening and uh, i mean i was looking at I, i was doing an article on the same uh, yesterday for hindustan times and i i found the stats i was speaking to a friend of mine dilip uh, who's in 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 data and stats and whatever and, uh, he said that england has found because he's smarter at getting the stats than i did faster um so england has the best 
uh, win to loss ratio in uh, white ball cricket in ODI cricket. I mean, I was looking ahead to the twenty twenty uh, to the fifty over World Cup. At the best win loss ratio of any team, uh, it's it's way ahead of other teams in terms of the big scores that they put up, and there are going to be big scores. So it's almost like everyone has to play catch up with them, and they have all these all rounders of of a huge variety and 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 number and and ability and skill. Um, that they have this kind of a uh, use. Everyone says that 2020 is it's a it's a bit of lottery hoja type. But England is a fine. We you know it's a lottery, and Carlos Brathwaite may have been the lottery. Uh, but we are here. We are still contending. And in this time, they have won. So India has a comparatively a decent. The numbers in India are decent, but our our performance compared to England is nothing. They they won two titles, right? They won two white uh, ball titles, 2016 onwards. A phenomenal performance. Like you're looking at it and saying, oh my God, this is England. It, this is not what we know English cricket to be all about. You know, it's being state, conservative, whatever, whatever. So they have literally reinvented that and 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 they made, they, they've picked the team that was supposed to do this. And it's uh, it's worked out for them. I mean, it's, it's, it's superb. And I don't think it's worked out for them by accident. It's like they've got the numbers and they've got the method that that is to go with this. And uh, whoever's competing and coming close to them, they have to catch up because they, they already, they, I think they're ahead, they're ahead of the game in terms of uh, international T20 cricket. Shada, do you want to take a break for your charging? Uh, possibly. So this is my cousin who's in the legal business. So he has these law books behind him. It's 27%. Huh? They always let, make you look smart. The books in the background. Seriously. Seriously. I like to have my own books in the background, but now... Yeah, I think last time you had your own books in the background. Yeah, yeah that's my books. <laughs> they, they are there. I do read them. <laughs> I just put this up and charging. Yeah, no worries. Take your time. Ready? Huh, okay, fine. It's charging. All right. Yeah. And and Shada, they bat so deep too, England. You you feel like a wicket falls, four, three wickets fall, four wicket fall. It's like Ben Stokes, Moeen, yeah, Ben Stokes, Moeen Ali, yeah. Livingston. They, they just bat so deep, and they have so many bowling options too. It's all about you know the word that is often thrown these days because with the advent of analytics is matchups, right? Yes. So they have options for every matchup. All matchup, yeah. And so when Moeen Ali came into bat, and I always think Moeen Ali could have, would have had he played Test cricket, he should have batted higher. And you're looking at him and saying, my God, look at what he's able to do, you know. Um, and, and Stokes, of course, Stokes is almost like Superman kind of uh, abilities. You, you, want to win a, you want to win a tournament or whatever, you bring Stokes in, you know. I just knew he was not going to get out. I just knew it. He was going to be there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. That is, that, that is him. I mean, so he's, he's almost like, um, he's like the 21st century Botham, you know, in, in that sense. And you associate Botham only with the ashes, but boss, something else here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Aniket, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you can go ahead. Uh, so the uh, the other thing I was I was wanted to talk about was Pakistan because it is they always have interesting tournaments. Pakistan are always a fascinating team to watch. Uh, you know that they you know that even though they're down in the dust, you know that somehow they're going to find their way back. Now this is not one of those tournaments where they had their fortune in their hands because it was dependent on South yes. Africa <laughs> choking immense. Like I don't know what kind of a yeah. job that yeah. was against the yeah. Netherlands, but. Pakistan were given a lifeline and they made the most of it. They won against Bangladesh, which they should have, and then made made it to the semi-finals. They won against New Zealand, right? Really? Yeah. And emphatically, like emphatically. emphatically yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, they all of a sudden something switches and they just play so well. So Pakistan are literally like the opposite of England, right? So I, yeah. I 
I remember thinking that Pakistan are thinking that apna theory very low. We will play cricket. We will play. We are here to play for fun. You know, we may be whatever we when we go down, we will go down in flames, but we will play. I mean, they have enormous talent. I I felt that that uh, uh, Shahin Afridi's injury was a bit a bit uh, really. Do you think they had a chance with his two overs? Pardon? Do you think they had a chance? Uh, Pakistan I, had a chance with those two just, overs. But that is just because we are sort of Pakistaning everything in our head, you know, and saying that are it possible? You know, it would have happened or whatever. So, but I think that luck luck had run its entire course when Netherlands beat South Africa. They said, "Boss, this is the maximum you're going to get. Now you just turn up." So uh, they they are fantastic. You know, they're always they're always superb. They're always entertaining. And I liked what I liked about them was the fight that they put in. They only it was 138, but they made yeah. it look. A, a, a big total until those last two three overs when Ben Ben Stokes and Mohin Ali were like sorry what, and um, so they were able to uh, they put in that fight and uh, I think all of us uh, yeah maybe with China Freedi you said like boss you had so much luck now this is just like sorry but that's the thing they they are like the team that says that we are going to uh, uh, this is how we are going to play and that Kudrat ka Nizam has just become one. Complete thing for everybody. It was like imagine a coach coming up and saying, "Oh, sorry, this is what it is." For and and for the non-Hindi uh, speaking people, Kudrat ka Nazam is basically, it's almost like it's the law of nature, or it's like how nature is ordained. This destiny. is what happens. Destiny, yeah, yeah. It is no, it's not destiny. It's like basically, it's the it's how nature is ordained. This is how nature works. You know, it's that. So um, it is part of the larger scheme of things. You know. So, It's just mad. They they are superb. They could be absolutely rubbish uh, three days from now, but they could be absolutely fabulous uh, a year from now. You you don't know, you know. So actually, when I learned the score, right, uh, that was set. My first thing was, uh, Pakistan is one of the only bowling attacks that can probably actually, you know, uh, put up a fight in terms of defending this because it obviously seemed like a low-scoring game, and then uh, yes, the yes, way yes. England played India, which we will come to after, you're like, yeah. oh, this is going to be a tough game. But when just you look at you look at their bowling lineup and what they are. I was like, oh, I mean, yeah. picture baki hai abhi. Like, it's it's not oh, yeah. done. <laughs> so immediately you see it's Pakistan. You lapse into all kinds of other parallels, into cinema, yeah. into drama, <laughs> into like Kudrat ka Nizam or whatever. You know, so yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're probably right. You know, it's it, it they had the bowling attack to be able to uh, hold it, and I was thinking what would have been the total that England would not have been able to chase. And you're looking to say that looks like they had a whole over left. You know, against us, they had how many uh, overs left? You know, they, they still had. We scored 168, uh, and and you're you're looking at that thing. What would have been enough against England? And you, I don't know. It's tough to come okay. up with a number. Uh, yeah. Definitely, I think <laughs> at least one ninety-three. You felt they were saying that it might have been a par score, but it definitely wasn't a par score. I think it was. They were definitely twenty short at least, given the track. Yeah. They said it was a used pitch. I think they were using that for the third or the fourth time. Uh, that pitch, so it was a little weary. The ball was I turning, mean, but then yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, you have all that in, but but the fact that in England, it took England eight balls or something like that to take that match away. You know, and so you're thinking that what is the total? So in terms of logic, you're saying okay, twenty runs is one hundred fifty, but that's like England had an over left. You think they would have not got twenty? Yeah, <laughs> I know. uh which leads me uh, to the india question right we know aniket and me were uh, previewing the t20 world cup and we said mm. given the side that they have e semi final is probably a best result before the world cup even start we were saying yeah semi finals uh, is probably going to be a good yeah, result yeah, they make yeah. it any any further than that i think that's yeah. a bonus 
and i think they probably achieved as much as they could have this time around i don't know you know i mean but you're right we all were saying we were like under under <laughs> under uh, uh, but don't talk to the television executives uh, they say yeah. you know you see this hot star promo stuff i'm telling you aniket you are not here all <laughs> of this hot star God. promo stuff is insane man it is insane and their coverage is insane you know it's just it's just so so it's like they build it up and build it up so you understand what they're saying and you say yeah the semi final is fine this is because we've had this semi final sort of thing that is there um but i think what was disappointing about the england matches how we defended that score yeah. you know why we were able to and 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 everyone who was in the no aniket another thing the hindi is much more open than the english commentary is right the english commentary tends to be with the indian commentary tends to sort of hold back a little bit uh, for whatever reason um but uh, the hindi commentary they were saying this is not enough this is absolutely not enough you know it's it's uh, it's uh, uh, i mean you're looking at those you look at uh, you look at uh, pandya's finish at the end and you look at the six overs and say come on you know you could have done better in those yeah. six overs and given the way england the way england responded everything about the wicket not being uh, being tacky being spongy being whatever and you're seeing the same match for no loss so <laughs> so to, to for your, no loss yeah. exactly yeah. to your point about i think rohit sharma i think after the post after the i think after the match he said uh, he was little i think he was little disappointed by the bowlers but i thought he should have been hello. more hello i yeah. know right it was a bit rich <laughs> coming from him hello. yeah exactly uh, I, I, i read a stat yeah i read a stat somewhere that this i think it's the the strike rate for indian strike rate was about 95 uh, in the power play uh, that is only yeah, second to last from uae 65% no, uh, dot balls yeah so that's so i i thought it's a little rich coming from rohit sharma to keep yes. put the blame on the bowlers i yeah. think they were too conservative you didn't turn up with the ball what is what were you doing with the bat yeah, yeah exactly you were there first you were on this ground with chota square boundaries what are you doing you know yeah so, i got the sense that uh, i think me being ranting raving fan okay no you're fine Amazing. i think the, the balance took a bit of a toll because the the openers weren't in form kl rahul had to find his form through the tournament which he kind of did find your form in the world cup yeah but that was the problem yeah maybe they should have the right thing was to pray maybe promote kohli up from the number 3 to opening and then How you know everybody moves what what is that sir promote surya well i i i thought if you pro- if you promoted kohli to, yeah. to the open to the opening uh, slot surya kumar yadav could have been number 3 Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. And then, uh, so that meant that meant that one of Rahul and Rohit had to get the boot. You had to take a call on 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 those three. You can't have three. Uh, uh, all of us who are being sort of neutral and logical and saying, look, you need only one of those three will do. Yeah. Uh, who are we to judge? So they say, okay, fine, maybe not. Oh, at least two of those three, you could you could have left out one, you know. because uh, you know you said that at least if they make the semi final they made that final I, i keep saying they played the best match against pakistan people say no no they played rubbish uh, and they, it, it was like that kudrat ka nizam thing happened yeah. for, uh, for us also um, they didn't have a great tournament per se i expected them to reach the final i mean semi final uh um, because they do they are very very talented and they and and they and they're driven and they have this crowd behind them and all the rest of it um but you want them to do better in that game right even if you'd lost you'd lost by uh, like i'm going to hammer for saying this so i won't say it <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is you put up a fight right you you go yeah. down fighting you go down fighting yeah, so yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah so you know this is a recurring question that uh, we've asked uh, folks on our podcast and uh, me and God, I, i i'll talk for myself and you know, i call myself an armchair pandit 
because I played at the lowest leagues. But uh, the yeah. the question that we ask is, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, captaincy uh, of the Indian team, right? So, you know, huh. Rohit Sharma is there. You've seen so many captains along your journey. And uh, hmm. uh, this is an ongoing question that we ask. So, yeah, your thoughts and then I'll take Gautam's. Uh- I think the the whole thing uh, about having split captaincy across formats and everything it it may it seems to make more and more sense now, right? Because uh, in the twenty twenty the twenty twenty five the twenty World Cup, you're not going to have Rohit Sharma around, so you might as well start working from now. Rohit is obviously going to stay in the team till next year's. I don't know what his contract is uh, till next year's uh, World Cup that there is, and you say fine, this is the format that you can play. Um, but maybe you need to split captaincies in that sense. He's 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 been a good uh, he's been an excellent T20 captain uh, for Mumbai Indians. He's uh, but a totally different team, a totally different team exactly, and uh, and 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 a totally different set of uh, what are T20 international basically about? They are fundamentally about this World Cup that you're going to play in two years, right? So this is the you're building up to that. Um, I don't know whether Kohli. Who am I to say this? Kohli giving up the T20 captaincy uh, was perhaps an um, error on his part in that sense, you know, uh, because it, it led to many other events that took place and, and so on. And if he's going to be a leader, uh, but now he doesn't want to be captain in any of the things, so it's all right. Uh, he's batting well. He had, he, he had a good tournament. Really, yeah. uh, he had a superb tournament. And... and um, uh, yeah, you you would need someone younger. You would you would need someone younger in this format, and someone and someone more um, you know ready for it. As in, yeah. uh, because of the fact that you're only every two years you're going to play this one tournament that matters, right? And you have to get you've got you've got to get the you have to get the trophy because you are India, right? You are this big team with this big money and this big presence and clout and all this hangama and noise and you show up. So basically, show up. Show up at a big event and at least give at least be in the final. I mean, it's it sounds very mean and whatever, but it's it's like it's it's like what do you do? It's sport, it's professional sport. Just like Pakistan, uh, Shardar, they definitely rode their luck because they pulled one out of the bag against Pakistan. They should not have won that game. There's no chance except for that Kohli innings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I still can't get over that, by the way. They <laughs> lost badly to South Africa and they yes. beat every other team that they should which have beaten. Which is not a very yeah, which they should have beaten. It was not a it, it was not a massive. Uh, um, no. Great, but it wasn't emphatic performances everywhere. You know, it always had, it always needed something headline worthy and 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 clip meme worthy and whatever to do it. You don't need to do that. I no. mean, and 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 maybe uh uh it was uh because of uh, because they made it to the final semifinals. I don't know what happened. Maybe if it, maybe if just Preet Bumrah and uh, Jadeja were there, maybe it would have a different story. Yeah, because you the you injuries. Do you understand that? You, yeah. you understand that the injuries also affected you. Uh, you know, and so definitely Bumrah and, and, and Jadeja being around uh, would have definitely brought, maybe your results would have been different all the way through, right? Going sure. through, no matter what you win or lose, your, your your performances would have been of a slightly more competitive kind of a nature in, in, in um, not the Pakistan match, but in, in the match against India. And I think, the uh, and we'll finish up with India, uh, I just want, I think they were left in a bit of a conundrum, the team management, mostly because they had to pick at some point between Rahul and Rohit Sharma and yeah. they, maybe they would have dropped KL Rahul but then he got back into form a little bit and then yeah. they were left with we really can't drop Rohit Sharma anymore so let's continue with what we have and they kind of got stuck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Spot on. Spot on that they got stuck. You know, and and uh, I, and this whole thing of you can't change a winning combination on 
it is not a commandment from God. You can do whatever you want in the match that's there. It's a big match. Put in your best team. You know, put in your best team in that sense. You know, so um, yeah, yeah, they did get they did get stuck, but they have to sort that out now. Yes. You know, they have to sort it out now. Now there's no 2020 World Cup to stress over. So you have to start the thing now. But there is, I mean, I was, hopefully my column will appear soon. Uh, in HD, that um, there's this World Cup that's coming ahead. And don't think that this home advantage is going to be carry you uh, all the way through. It's not. Because England have done something that has literally changed the game. And you're not going to change the wickets to make them turning tracks or whatever. There's no way. Commentator, I mean the broadcast. There will be ICC monitor too, right? If it's a world event. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And the broadcasters will say, boss, we yeah. want <laughs> you know, we want big scores. So you're looking at, uh, so India's uh, uh, had a lot of big scores going into, in in this period from 2015 to now. They're kind of close, but their win-loss ratio is is less because of, their, 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 their run score per over is, is much less than England's also. They're scoring at about five and a bit, and England has six points. Yeah, and and scoring at less than run a ball in the power play is just, I think, unpardonable in this in today's T20 format. It's it's you can't do that. Really, really, I, I, just take a single. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, the before I let you in, Aniket, I would really want to talk about South Africa because so, there is this whole baggage that South Africa carries in the for World Cups. Yeah. Ever since '92, uh, do you have a little bit of time, Shadda? Five more minutes, and it'll be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. And there's this lot of baggage that South Africa carries through the World Cup, and that looks—I don't know if it's a thing or not—but it has to be, right? If you start from '92, uh, yeah. they—they—they are—they're outdone by Seriously. the Dutch system. I mean, you're thinking that what is the, what will act, but there, there's no stopping it. They have yeah. to turn up to these games. So yes. I read a very interesting piece yesterday. Uh, very old piece written about 20 years ago about Malcolm Gladwell about the difference between choking and panicking, right? And they said that uh, if you take the occasion away, if you take away the crowd, the broadcaster, whatever, South Africa will always win. But yeah. it's if you just, it's the occasion that has created that whole thing that happens all the time. You know, if you take, but that because professional sport demands it and it's ruthless. But the point is that they have to cross the line sometimes. They have to be, they have to win something. And it's and and everyone will get asked like generation upon generation upon generation is carrying this. It's like the All Blacks. They said you're a great team and you can never win the World Cup until they they until that after that first one in nineties no eighty seven. Then they won in twenty eleven. It took them a long time to do that, right? And they were always carrying that choking, 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 choking thing with them, and it'll always turn up. I mean, it, it, it's really unfortunate because they have uh, uh, they've got good players. Look at what they did to us, yeah. you know. And, and they've got a good team. They've got everything going for them. And this thing happens, you know. And there's, there's, whenever there's a massive amount to lose, South Africa just drops, sure you does. know. <laughs> but but, but I, always, I always look at uh, the example of India and say that, um, that maybe what's happening to us is the same thing. It's the occasion that has caused this. You know? And the difference between panicking and choking now that I've read so much is that uh, when you panic, um, you, you're you not thinking. You're just sitting out. And when you choke, is that you're thinking too much. Wow. So, I, I was just... Sorry, just to... Not my, not my thought came in the article. So yeah, no, that, no, that's wonderful, actually. And just to piggyback off that, uh, so, uh, you know, coming back to us, India, so, and i going little nostalgic and in memory lane. So, you know, when Dhoni was there, uh, you know, at that point, it just seemed that, oh, Indians' leadership problems were sorted. Because you, yes. you knew Kohli was next in no. line. You what knew... Dhoni did is that he made that occasion not matter. Yeah. Like, he made that occasion. 
right and then do not start on the screen yeah so and then like even as you know me sitting on sideline watching on the screen not even on the sideline right watching from distance it always seemed that oh you know kohli it it was obvious kohli would be the next flag bearer and you yeah. see leadership yeah. qualities in him and after everything that's happened now to indian cricket we are here i i struggle to see where uh, leadership yeah, and is it only me because uh you know that kind of leadership uh <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah and i wanted yours and gotham's you know i'll thoughts on this like uh, you know what is the solution cuz uh, india was cruising you know at one point we were cruising at least from in my head we had everything sorted you know agla kaptan kon hai malum hai kya hone wala hai sab kuch sorted hai and now here suddenly it's like you've been thrown in a top spin and uh, yeah. you're wondering so what are your thoughts on this like gotham uh, go first because i've been talking the most oh uh, no i i think uh, honestly i think rohit sharma has been underwhelming to me so far it's not he i i did not know that he was so he could get so emotional on the field but that's another matter but i think he they got the team wrong a few times now should he have dropped himself sometimes like kane williamson does maybe maybe not but i think i don't think he has given the, i don't know the teams looked a little jumpy to me shard i don't just from mm. just again looking from the tv from way far looked like he did not have anything under control uh, i think in 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 the match against england he's uh, uh, everything looked like it had gone awful you know it had gone really bad and you would be you should be able to pick yourself up and and, and at least put up a bowling performance uh, that is there but a lot of that has to do with the confidence that you are carrying into the game yourself yes Uh, so which he was not uh, you know it, it didn't work out for him at all um, so we are in this very kind of uh, now we're going to one dayers um, against new zealand so in in a few days from now and uh, everyone says too much cricket too much cricket and so you should change format you should change your captains across formats and become a little bit more cool about it you have separate teams you pretty much do that you are able you saying indian cricket ka depth is so much that you are able to play teams and also make sure that they're led differently yeah and that they're pl- planned and prepared for differently like like england have done you know bumnath had an injury but why 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 should he be the why can't he be the captain you know there's all those uh, yeah. questions there not kl rahul because we saw his captaincy stint was short and not very memorable um but why can't bumrah be the captain uh, you need to give uh, in the whole balance between dk and uh, pant uh, pant is going to play cricket for longer than dk is going to and it's great was dk was brought in for and you're trying to fit those slots and everything was perfect but you need to find that next generation kind of a leader you need to look for him and in and particularly in 2020 format you need to find the younger person because in test cricket you're thinking okay test and 50 overs you're thinking all right you know let, let, let's see the year through but in 2020 you need to find someone and pant himself i think has to sort his uh, own batting in t20 format yeah, i think yeah absolutely uh, absolutely i mean uh, i i think they should try and open with him and see what happens you know put him at the top and say go for it uh, and 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 then we'll see uh, he's almost like the sevak type of player that everyone says that he's he's crazy in test matches and in 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 white ball he gets a bit confused but you have to try now now is the time to try because you're everyone looking at 23 but within two years as another uh, t20 world and, and in 2023 you have no option to only reach the semi final the final is on the 26th of november you have no option i'm sorry yeah. it will not be there because it will just be if we thought 2011 was crazy and then the players said we were trying to shut us up i mean it's just mad i i don't want to be in their shoes so <laughs> yeah i was i was watching uh, a very interesting uh, uh, 
video of uh, Dhoni and Kapil Dev getting interviewed by someone at a golf club because I think they're part of some special golf club or something. So it was like a mobile video that like, I think 40-50 minutes out there. Uh, and he was talking about Dhoni kept repeating because uh, people were asking him questions as to how yeah, you did yeah. this, how you did that. And he, uh, the only thing he kept repeating was keep it simple. I always kept it simple. I did not think much. Uh, I, I would turn up on the game. I would think about what needed to be done but I would just turn up on the day and did not, he apparently did not talk at all to his teammates or anything. Yeah, no, his meetings are very, 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 very short. Yeah. Very short and very, and you look at it and think it's slightly filmy, but it's it worked in terms of yeah. it. I don't think it did work. What it, it, yeah, definitely worked. So maybe I don't know. There's a sense I, of calm. I'm, I'm so cool that I'm not even talking to you, but but but, but that I'm not stressing you. But this is Indian cricket. Like uh, um, Kaushik wrote a piece yesterday in the Quint, in which he said that you know the team had been prepared and they don't go to nets and all nets are optional uh -huh. and it's fine and it's great. And uh, so you're thinking, okay, that's fine. But then you go up and do this and say, okay, maybe we have we should, we should have done things differently. You know, that they were all calm. No, we are not there. This is not yeah. the meditation Olympics. Yeah. yeah and even, even when Dhoni was not informed, he, was, he kept that calm with him. Uh, so and I, I think it's that being able to uh, detach the yes. uh, situation from like, it's okay if you lose. You know, so, but the point is, because I think the fact that he won that T20 World Cup right at the beginning helped him carry all the way through till the fact that he, they turned up in that in that T20 World Cup, uh, the the 50 World Cup in 2011, and then of course, yeah, CSK, God, <laughs> and by the way, he did repeat the process over results thing again uh, in the interview. In the interview again, he did say, you know, it's, for me, as long as the process was good, he did not care about the results. Is what I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> in knockout, in ICC knockouts, the process yeah. and all that we don't. It, it worked for him, but not doesn't it work for everybody. For it worked for him, but what he's able to communicate to the team in the sense of 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 the fact that you know it's okay if you lose, it maybe not to the media or whatever. It, it, maybe that so that occasion doesn't get uh, sort of the better of you. I mean, the thing in that. Um, uh, so in connection with the same panic versus choking article, Akash Chopra written something in uh, 20, 2011 about the same thing, trying to say that, you know. So we did play the kind of match that uh, we played against Australia in 2011, right? That quarterfinal match. That was a serious match. And if we, you know, so we didn't play, we didn't have that kind of a performance, which is why we looked underwhelmed through the whole thing. Uh, uh, no matter what the commentators are saying. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we'll leave it there, Shada. Again, cool. thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. We will. I will end with you one final question. I think you recently interviewed uh, Vishwanathan Anand over the weekend with yeah, another yeah. grandmaster. I did see that. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that and if you have any recommendations. Oh, that was super. Uh, so this was the Hindustan Times Leadership Summit where Anand and Gukesh were, were on the same panel. And, and Gukesh, of course, was reserved and held back. And, uh, is he the youngest grandmaster? Is, is he, that what uh, no, he is the third youngest in the world. Uh, he was the youngest. Uh, he was the youngest Indian for a few months because it's now become crazy level uh, yeah. competition. And I was asking, so uh, so when you said recommendations for what? Tell me. Oh, in general, any sporting recommendations? Just to enrich the lives Articles. of our listeners, like yeah. anything. No, no, let me tell you what Anand said. Anand says, I was talking to them, and I said, how is it that you remember these, you know, that these old classical games, you'll show them their own matches, you put them on a screen and they could identify and say, this is what I did, this is what happened. So <clears throat> Anand says that they're all, it's like a story. They're all stories. And these are points in that story that you recognize. And that's what you see. And these are like, thousands and thousands of matches and and the same thing that was happening was a discussion about between um classical chess and bullet i didn't know about bullet chess until he told me which is a two-minute match apparently <laughs> 
and he said uh, so he talked to gokesh and gokesh said yeah, yeah i do remember some classical games and, and I, re- i mean i remember matches and i got that kind of memory he said do you remember the la- bullet match you played last week he said no <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's that uh, sporting recommendations no it could be anything yeah. just to enrich the life of our oh. listeners a book uh, anything you liked i mean if sporting great but otherwise it can be more generic whatever yeah. you liked in the last oh, week okay. or uh in the and uh, it will sound like i haven't been reading i read a very interesting no that will be cost trouble i won't care. go there <laughs> uh, i'm trying to think of what i can say there's a very interesting novel by lionel shriver uh which i've got which is about tennis but it's actually about people as well it's a novel um and and of course i have not forgotten the name and we'll recommend your articles in the hindustan times too shada don't worry about it we are definitely going to plug those for you please yeah so one has to appear uh, okay let me see sporting 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 i mean i think the fifa documentary i ha- i want to see that myself i have to see that uh, i watched three out of those four by the way really good i have yeah. one more episode to go it's how many episodes four. four four okay so i want to see the fifa documentary i think there's lots of great work that's happening in 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 documentaries i'm trying to think of something absolutely uh, sort of what i found out is quite incredible i got an email from from uh, no can can go there uh, <laughs> from someone <laughs> from someone no, telling no, you okay. something so <laughs> yes. see i told you vishnathan anand ka wisdom i'm trying to think what am i reading you know aniket what many people don't realize is how much of a prodigy anand was when he was young you know people don't realize that now because he's he so eating. veteran he was such a prodigy when he was growing up and and he and he said that when he he was very good at this rapid and blitz chess which has become like this big yeah. i mean i would recommend everybody read his book mind yes. mask because it's a non it's it's a book that's written for non uh, sports uh, non chess enthusiasts and for 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 people in chess it is spectacular it's written by susan dinan uh, who authored it with him uh it is i mean she chess is described there in a way that is so dramatic and so fantastic that uh, that, that, that it'll just blow your mind you have to read that book. it's an excellent book uh so i think i'm paraphrasing amit varma because he had said that you know vishy was was uh, driving a maruti in the formula 1 segment so you know just coming from the background that he was and then where russian yes. chess was back in the day yes. so you know kids learned it in school and he was picking it up much later so yeah uh, and he's now trying to build with working with a, he has his own chess academy where he works with eight young indian players you know so he works uh, he works with them and that's quite that's quite spectacular okay one thing i want to tell everyone i'm a big champion of this it's called the brahmaputra volleyball league this is set up in assam uh, by a former indian volleyball captain and if you go into volleyball federation stories and all many more horror stories won't go into them <laughs> this league is basically has got about 300 villages competing against each other playing volleyball and anyone can sponsor a team it's oh, about wow. 14000 rupees a season basically what you do is you pay for the kit uh, and you pay for their transport and that's it and it is brilliant it is i mean just the idea just go and look for it. it's called bvl brahmaputra volleyball league please go watch it support it that's right to the end of your service in any way just just do it it's just great it's wonderful great right yeah, yeah. So is 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 the guy that you should contact uh he's just he's just uh, amazing he said uh, this is the third year that it's running and uh, they have teams from all uh, girls and boys um and the great thing that he's done uh, abhijit bhattacharya the great thing that he's done is that volleyball is is sort of 5 versus 5 but he's made this 4 versus 4 
So the volleyball federation can't can't say that. Listen, this is our league. We control. <laughs> yeah. Smart. It's so smart. your your recommendation has filled my heart with joy because I didn't know about this and it's such a wonderful yeah. initiative. Because uh, we had uh, you know I uh, uh, I think a month couple of months back Bai Chung uh, on the podcast as well and he was saying hey. like the only way to improve sport. is don't yes. build fancy stadiums don't anything just play oh. like you know apne oh. local ground ko usme utilize karo our type so that was yeah. kind of i'm paraphrasing him but you know and this kind of you know overlays that thought exactly like you know you've got so much and it it's not going to happen today but you know you know in time you see the effect of compound uh, compounding and you know you will have players who come out from this awesome i think we lost sharda there No, it'll come back. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You're okay now, Sharda. Yeah. So what happened is the light went off and the Wi-Fi went down. Oh. So I'm on my mobile internet now. No, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. So But we'll leave it. Connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, But no way. I think this is okay. if, that is the yeah. This this is the kudratka whatever you called it, <laughs> Sharda. The power going. Yes, absolutely. It is the sign yeah. from the universe, yeah. as they okay. say. Uh, again, no. Thank, thank you, you Sharda, so much. Thank you for your <laughs> thank time. Thank you so much. Time, time has absolutely flown. So thank you so much for it. I know. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a wonderful oh, conversation, and we hope to you know have have many such conversations again. Uh, and we know you like news laundry, so definitely. Uh, Keep supporting us. Yeah, please edit so many things out for this. Please edit. Yeah. Yeah, will do. <laughs> bye. Thank. <laughs> thank you, Shahid. Thanks, Adam. Bye. 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 Most welcome. Bye. Bye. So, Aniket, now I think we should quickly transition to what I'm also very excited about, which is the yeah. Let's go. The FIFA World, FIFA World Cup. Cup. I I can't wait for the World Cup to start. Yeah. Uh, we are going to do a bit of a gimmick for this to to preview this World Cup. which is to say um we are going to draft we are going to do a draft american style you and i live in the states so we'll do a draft which is which is essentially we're going to pick teams that in order of who we think is going to win the world cup we are going to pick four teams each you go first i go second we go oh, back I and forth i thought you were going to say let's get... rock paper scissors to <laughs> no, no i'm going to i, I know i th- i kind of uh, thrust it thrust this whole thing upon you so right. i'm going to uh give you the first pick so and say uh who do you think is uh the favorite to win the world cup in your mind which means you have draft pick number 1 wow no you know what i'm going to hate myself uh but i'm going to go with my gut and my heart this time it's going to be argentina So my first oh. pick is Argentina. <laughs> I just hope. Why? Uh, why Argentina? Uh, I mean the form. I think they have like thirty-five uh, games unbeaten. There, I think they have good form. There's Lionel Messi. I think they have a very, very good team. You know, yeah. you have Los Celso. You have. Uh, okay, now I'm forgetting uh, names, no. but you have upfront. Ob- they have. I, I'm going to tell you upfront. They have Messi, Di Maria, Di Bala, Correa, yeah. Julian Alvarez, all those great yeah. players. So a uh, freaking fantastic team I think uh yeah. how they show up though uh, is going to be uh, interesting uh, because there's also the uh, danger of hype you know that's associated um, with them I mean obviously they're on this fantastic form but it'll be awesome to see uh, where they go cuz they're in group C so they play uh, Poland Saudi Arabia and Mexico so Correct. 
I uh, I won't say it's 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 not it's not the group of death, but it, I don't think it's an easy group as well. Like uh, there's going to be a contention between Poland and Mexico and Argentina, and I'm hoping yeah. I'm putting money on Argentina going uh, ahead there, and then uh, you know uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Okay. So, yeah, I mean uh, the de- the defense might be a bit of a concern, but we'll see what happens. But it is my turn to pick. Uh, you said you went with your gut. I'm going to go with my heart, and I'm going to pick uh, Belgium. Uh, because Ooh. if not now, when, right? This is this is it for the golden generation. This is the last hurrah, so to speak. After this, if they don't end up winning anything, if they don't win this World Cup, they will end up as a bit of a, a lost golden generation. Yeah. No, actually, uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's a good pick. You know, if you think, uh, dude, Kevin De Bruyne, right exactly uh, eden hazard he's not played yes but you know you i he's still have that it. i still have that hope that he just shows up with his flamboyance cuz i i think this is make it or break it for him like you know he had a spectacular uh, legacy at uh, chelsea at one point i think he was top 2 top 3 in the world the way he was just playing he was just insane something happened at real madrid and it's not going on this Ro- i mean not the biggest fan Injuries but there's, there's romeo lukaku they're not not his biggest fan but uh, yeah. he, he'll get the job done right so yeah. uh, just phenomenal team they have they've been dark horses for far too long so it's their golden generation now so let's see uh, yeah what they do I mean they they do have a really they have, do have a experienced side as well now that yeah. we are talking about the golden generation for what two world cups now or yep. yeah at least 6 to 7 years so uh, they have uh, Jan Vertonghen uh, they have Alderweireld in the defense there So really, that's really, the that's the only thing I have about the defense I, I think both are 34 35 like uh, 33 and 35 yeah and uh, obviously uh, Di Matteo is a manager so he's uh, he's interesting oh, sorry Martinez Roberto, Roberto Martinez. Martinez sorry he Roberto. looks like Demetrio yeah 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 <laughs> so uh, but see yeah. that to me is a bit of a concern Anike this is Mar- Roberto Martinez he has been there for all this while hasn't shown much in the way of results they didn't make the semi finals last time around but this is again this is everybody's going to break up after this tournament so we'll see com- what comes out of it you get the third pick i'm going to go uh, south america this time again because it's it's going to be brazil so okay. i think they have a phenomenal team on paper i know matches are not won on paper uh, but i think nevertheless uh, a wonderful team you have uh, neymar their their attacking lineup is insane the defense is not bad at all right yeah. uh, midfield pretty good they have i think one of the best keepers in the world so yeah. uh, Yeah I mean they should just show up you know you have youngsters like Vinicius Junior there uh, Rafinha coming along uh Martinelli is there. he's he was chosen right Martinelli was uh, selected for the squad was he I think he was uh Martinelli was no. cuz no, I know I Jesus was him. not uh no Martinelli is oh, wait let me see so No, Martinelli did make it. Yes, he's the twenty-sixth pick. Gabriel Martinelli yeah. is, did, he so, did make it. Yeah. I mean, just just Casemiro. I mean, a great great team in general. Uh, so, yeah, I have a feeling uh, it's going to be South America this time who's uh, going to grab the World Cup. Let's see. I mean, obviously, everything I say will be null and void on the after the first game. I'm pretty sure that's how these things go. But I'm <laughs> let's do it for the fun of it. That's the beauty of uh, picking it, right? That's yeah. the beauty. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, the reigning champions France as my second pick. Now, they come in with a uh, bit of injuries. Uh, now, Angola Kanté, who injuries. I think is it is a huge injury. Angola Kanté I think is not being there is huge for them. 
now i don't think pogbert made it too right pogbert's Pogba not there either. yeah Uh, they do have some injury concerns, but I think. Still but I think they have. Inna- to be very honest, they have very promising talent and a lot of depth. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Benzema is in his form of his life. Um, yeah. You always have Kylian Mbappe, who's just lights out. Yeah. Giroud is there if he wants to come off the bench. Uh, Varane is a little bit uh, iffy because he got injured. So hopefully he's fit. Uh, but uh, I know you like uh, Kunde, Jules Kunde, right? Yep. He's pretty good. Benjamin Pavard. So, yeah. Saliba. Uh, Saliba is still there, yeah. yeah. So I think they go in with Kinsley Coman. Don't forget him. Yeah. I love that guy. So I mean, there. Uh, yeah. Okay. To be okay, I'm gonna let this go. But if you wouldn't have picked, this would be my next pick. So. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. You, you, so definitely, yeah. France, I think they they one of the favorites. But are they uh, are they favored like last time around? Probably not. Not. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I I agree with that assessment. So your pick. Oh, it's my pick. No pressure on Iker. All right, so my pick is going to be Espanol, Spain. So okay. I'm going to pick Spain. Why am I picking Spain? Uh, I think this is going to be, this is, I would say, my pragmatic side of me coming in. Uh, but it's mostly because of the manager, Luis Enrique. So I think he's a, he he managed Barca. He's an intense coach. uh he i like the brand of football that he plays and let's not forget they have an amazing team you know young team uh you yes. have you have everything i think the only big worry for them is the front uh attack right the striker so i think you have i mean you have uh, ferran torres uh but fati ansu fati ansu fati so ansu fati uh, surprisingly uh luis enrique just about two weeks or three weeks back my timeline's fudged but uh came out saying you know fati is not ready and stuff like that so he still needs for for full 90 minute game time and yeah. uh, i now, think it might end up being morata and uh, yeah so he said yeah. that and uh, but I, he's super promising you let's not forget pedri he's lights out he i mean he lights the midfield up he yes. uh, so it's a you have gavi right so who's who's a yes. workhorse like i mean um, he will uh, come and put in those tackles uh, put in the effort so i think everything is good about this team uh, except it'll the... be interesting aniket to see if unai simon gets the goalkeeping job because he's not the number one i don't think but i think he comes in automatically to start i think because the other uh, number one is Ro- robert sanchez who plays for brighton and hove albion but i don't think he's going to get the start as the goalkeeper but i think unai simon is one of the uh best goalkeepers going around yeah and i i think that would be the first choice as well but uh, i wish i was a manager i'm not i actually i don't wish uh, going into world cup managing is crazy so uh-huh. <laughs> but i think they are in the group of death though they are, they are. costa rica germany japan so, so it might be a little tough so it's very important that they finish first in this group right and uh, that's the only uh, doubt i had of picking spain or not cuz if they go down they go down very early uh or if they come out it's it's it looks promising i mean uh yeah so okay so my next pick is i'm just going to pick them just for the fun of it uh it's coming home aniket i'm going to pick england uh it only because i'm always perennially you know all all the new all the foot, all the new football fans right who who watch who like football because they watch the premier league are always uh picking or, or always pick England as their favorite to win the world cup and it never happens because England is perennially disappointing in these international tournaments so i'm going to pick england just for the fun of it i'm going to 
Okay. I I mean yeah, some healthy on it all. Healthy, yeah, yeah, go some back. some banter here because I think it deserves some. I think the only weak link in that English team is Gareth Southgate. I just cannot uh go with his brand of I I don't even know if he has a brand of football. It's it's a very different kind of football uh, that he plays uh, especially with what happened uh, in the final. I mean I was heartbroken uh, again i started watching uh, premier league uh, as the first league i actually started watching to be very honest and somehow i i started watching i remember my world cup from the time of beckham and all that when this english team was the best team on paper right and yeah. uh, ever since then uh, that's where i found the quote like matches are not won on papers because every world cup that england has entered they are the uh de facto top 3 right you you might not say oh this is the team that uh, wins but they have been the top 3 but i have a feeling after talking so much shit about england i'm going to eat my words very soon <laughs> <laughs> well you are right though because if you look at the players that they have in the brand of football it's they insane play, it's insane correct. lineup they have, i think they have the best lineup in the world like there's no doubt about it you go from right from uh, back and to let's, front let's start with their forwards right if you look yeah. at the forwards they have harry kane <laughs> rhyme sterling rashford Grealish, okay. Now look at the midfield. Midfield is kind of crazy. Mason Mount, I love that guy. But don't forget Phil Foden up front too. Yeah. And then you have Jude Bellingham, who's just so great. He's a 19-year-old. Uh, you have uh, James Madison, who got the nod ahead of uh, ahead of a few other midfielders that uh, were going around. So they have a solid, solid lineup. You're right. But as you said, uh, you have a conservative have coach. Also, Declan Rice, right? I think he's going yeah, to. Rice is there. He's going to. Oh man, I was just looking at the lineup now. Conor Gallagher. Oh, yeah, Ben. I mean, they're they're fully loaded team. Like they uh, do have a conservative manager, as you said, within the form so, of the South. Yeah, that, so. that's the only uh, thing I have. Yeah, I just feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know what more to say. That uh, the man, the manager should not choke because <laughs> with the decisions he made against Italy, I mean, it really seemed. Uh, you know, I'm talking about like getting Rashford yeah. on for the Bukayo Saka and all that. stuff that happened again you have saka let's not forget he's he's again he's being insane he's the man in form yeah so uh, it's a good pick though i mean uh, you are picking with a good betting mind so i like that uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so your pick your last pick your fourth pick oof my fourth pick oh, i know is... who i'm picking i'll i'm eager to see if you pick the thing you know who you're picking okay for last but i know who i'm picking who my next pick would be uh i don't i don't want to give you a shot and say gotham you go ahead of me because i'm worried that i have i have three teams i want to pick so that's the problem so i know that's, that's uh oh god okay i'm going to bite and i'm going to say uruguay just oh, interesting just I for nothing about uruguay just for uh just say stirring the pot as they say Okay. you know just uh, see what comes out of it so we'll see i hope to ronald araho makes it he's uh, kind of injured it's going to be borderline um, as a defender so uh, yeah i mean i'm again just picking this this is a pick just for the sake of picking i mean like just I'm, to just to I'm be just radical the, just to be <laughs> radical so i'm just looking at the squad and diego godin is a character he's still playing yeah amazing <laughs> this guy is insane So, yeah, oh man, he looks like a forty-year-old though. But 
he's great now suarez is still in there so he's he's one of their veterans along with uh, dio godin uh, martin cesarez i remember that guy jose jimenez so yeah it is definitely <laughs> well i don't know if they are the favorites but yeah i mean but yeah i i i mean i again said this uh, with uh, intention because i said i made the claim that it's coming to south america <laughs> so oh, flood yeah. my options you but stay true to your word so you did not pick uh, anybody from well, let's see no portugal you did not pick them did you pick spain you did pick spain I, right i picked spain was my only so, non okay so the ones that are left on the board are germany portugal and netherlands and i'm going to go with netherlands they're in group a with ecuador qatar and senegal they should come out of the group quite easily uh, luis van gaal has done a decent job uh, they have a really good i like the team they have a solid uh, team they did they make the semi finals in the euro they failed to make the world cup last last time around they uh, uh, now, they also failed against the nations league right uh, i don't know how yeah. seriously you take it but uh, yeah no, nobody takes them seriously but they have a solid solid team solid defense with an overgel van dijk i have not a big fan of in the recent years but he's still their anchor and the captain mathi mathis delight nathan ake stephen defry all of them are solid guys yeah. memphis depay is there up front daily blind is still going around by the way age 32 right uh, and obviously you have frankie de jong so uh, uh, so he's, he's the midfield general right so we'll see what comes out of it i uh, don't 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 uh, sleep on memphis depay i'm telling you he's, he's been pretty good and luke de jong as well so uh, Memphis Depay is actually an um he can be he can be a he can be a very uh, important yeah. player very important player uh, I yes. I I saw streaks of it while I was following him in Barcelona uh, unfortunately or fortunately I don't know he just didn't get the you know time yes. we went with Lewandowski and stuff so yeah no it's an interesting it's going to be a it's a it's a nice pick I would say Steven Bergwijn. Bergwijn so yeah they yeah. have a really good team so They might make Matthias the semis. Delit. So, so I think the defense is deep. Like yeah, the they have solid. just <laughs> so many A-class defenders that yeah. uh, it's it's going to be a headache for the coach to pick. So yeah, so definitely uh, look out for the Netherlands. So we've we've left Portugal and Germany on the board. Germany mostly. But let's talk about them Spain. anyways, because I think they're uh, very interesting teams. And let's. Uh, no, I don't know how you can discount Germany from these big tournaments. Yeah, you. Right? I mean, you can't. Uh, the only yeah, thing that the only thing that might go against them right now is, uh, I would I wouldn't say they're on a rebuilding phase, but they kind of are. Like uh, yeah. you know, uh, not an overhaul, but after uh, Joachim Law left, you have a new manager, uh, and let's not forget Hansi Flick. Yeah. and uh, there's just so much uh, so if uh, musiala is there so he's going to be super uh, promising youngster and he's going to be what 19 i mean again pedri gavi and all these guys are teenagers yeah. who are playing their uh, world cups oh man what am i doing with my life but okay that's a, there's a different <laughs> philosophical no. question so <laughs> but if you think about it, they do have all these uh, 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 Joshua Kimmich, they have Kimmich is still there. Yeah, Havertz is still there. They right? have they Nicholas have Nicholas Sule exactly, who has the most German face of them all. <laughs> if you look at him, you know that he is from Germany. They have you have Ilkay Gundogan, Leroy Sané, Mario. Oh, it's it's a good. Gerd is still there. Yeah. yeah. So you have uh, Nico Schottlerbeck. I think he's also young, right? I think. Uh, yes. He's, so he's in his early twenties, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, it's going to be a. interesting and then you have obviously thomas muller kai howards still there i don't I know what's your thoughts on kai howards 
like uh, ah, he's okay he's, he's, he's going to be uh, i don't think he's going to start ahead of uh, let's say sane right he's not going to start ahead of serge gnabry i don't think no so so you're confusing sane plays for senegal so, so leroy leroy ah Oh sorry Sa- I thought yeah, Sadio Mane. Sane. I heard Mane. No, sorry Sadio you Mane. were right. You were right. My bad. I heard I heard Mane. I'm bad. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. uh Either Senegal has Senegal has I was going to say they also have a really good team and if not yeah. Uruguay my next pick was uh Senegal. I don't know why yeah, I so. why I bailed on them. I actually went and looked up their team earlier. And no, then Koulibaly is there, Mendy is there. Yeah. Uh of course Sadio Mane is still there so Uh, he's going to be good. And they also won Sorry, the man. they also won the AFC so uh you know yes. the African Cup of Nations. So I mean it's not the World Cup but uh still you know they have a good team and they have a really good team and now I wonder If why they they, why they have a definite chance of come making through to the, from the group stage because they're they're with Netherlands and Qatar and Ecuador so they'll fancy the chances to go through. Uh, but we should talk about uh, Portugal just because of Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Because oh, and I'm, after this, I'm going to piggyback on a topic you know I'm going to talk about. But we first uh, go yeah, to Portugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, true. So yeah, Portugal has. Fan- I don't know. It's, Dude, it's, it's a, a fantastic it's a, team. Like it is a good team. But do you do you fancy the chances? I really like Jao Felix now. But is he going to play with Ronaldo? He's a bit of a redundancy. because they play kind of the same role so uh, felix might be just dropping back to the number 10 position and ronaldo might play up front because he has to start right uh, bruno fernandes is going to dictate everything uh, obviously he's i love bruno fernandes i've seen him quite a lot of the last two years so he's going to be good now their defense is i don't know if they're good or not because they have Ruben Diaz is going left back they have cancelo i mean come on like right So Diego Dalo is good I guess yeah. he's, he's been starting recently but he's only played 6 games for the Portuguese. So yeah, they have a decent side. Now will they make it to the semi-finals? I don't know. Well, I wish I could give guarantees here. But they they're as strong as a side can get if you if you know what I mean like you have I think their midfield is spectacular. You have Yes. Uh Bruno Fernandes, you have Bernardo Silva, and then obviously i don't expect krishan ronaldo to drop back but then i don't know if i don't is that a, is that a place they'll make jao philips play i don't know no jao philips i think is going to be the attacking midfielder so he's going to be just behind ronaldo he's going to play just behind him so how about uh, even uh, this guy uh, rafael lao how do you say his name i don't know who rafael plays for lao lao yeah, yeah so he's in milan, milan yeah. right So he looks, but, but I think honestly, only only two of the six forwards that they've picked are going to play, and it's probably going to be Ronaldo and Felix. Yeah, because right. Felix, I think I love the guy. And now Andre Silva is good too, but is he going to go get the nod ahead of Jao Felix? I don't know. I'm going to ask you. So, I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, who's your goalkeeper? Diego Costa, Rui Patricio. For Portugal, I asked me Rui Patricio because he's the he's the guy for them, right? Yeah, I I don't yeah. know. I, I was I I would have maybe hedged on Diego Costa, but okay. Yeah, but mm. if you look at the number of caps, the, uh, yeah, the for sure, he's clearly fancy yeah. Rui Patricio. Yeah. yeah, he's played one out four games against seven for Diego Costa, so definitely the backup. You are a f- stat master. I don't know how you get your stats, but no, no, I'm just looking at the Wikipedia. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, I, I just get the stats from Wikipedia. I have the page open. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> so I was like, okay. But but yeah. overall, I think uh, as as I think we discussed earlier, Anika, I don't think there is. This is a weird World Cup because it's so 
in the calendar it's such a strange time to be playing the world cup yeah the mind is still not tuned completely to the world cup yet i don't think it will until it starts so there's no real favorites to pick honestly there's no clear standout team yeah just because okay there are a couple of things let's let's zoom out a little bit a teams have just got together right so they basically meet for a week i some think some haven't yet yeah. they played so, until yesterday and so yeah. you meet for a week right uh it's just too too many variables here to you know move around there is just so many injuries i can bet this is not the end of the injuries you are seeing right so there are definitely going to be many more the question is which team can deal with it which team cannot depth all these kind of so just too many variables the time of the year that it is there i i mean guys go watch uh, fifa uncovered i binged it in once in in one sitting shamelessly like uh, all the four episodes four or five how many are there four i think four yeah okay so it's called fifa uncovered we're un- going to recommend fifa this. uncovered yeah. which basically talks about everything we spoke with sharda about politics in sport what is it like and the way qatar has got there's some fantastic reporting happening out there on this whole qatar world cup so you know it's just insane like it's in middle it it helps this world cup basically helps nobody no one not the players because they're coming from mid season they haven't met they come from the mid season playing and then immediately going for the premier league aniket going they're back, going to be back they're going going by the way with, sorry to interrupt yeah. but the english premier league is going to start back again in the week of christmas and you know how insane that schedule oh. gets they're going to go back they're going to be gassed out okay so for most of these players i don't think i can none of them uh you know club football would be more i think it's at most pride is wearing your na- national shirt on your uh, on top of you so everyone's going to be gassed out uh it's just going to be only the early exiters or the teams or the few players who are not playing are going to be the ones who come out fresh so this does not help players this does not help the clubs uh does this help qatar we'll find out Right. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, uh, from what I so I heard a podcast from the Economist. I think that's going to be another recommendation of mine. Uh, I think it's called the Intelligence, and they discuss one topic uh, on the football in Qatar. From what what reports are coming, it seems like think like exactly what Shahada said. Things are you know far from where they were supposed to be. You know, in terms of. Uh, they're trying to there there are no hotels apparently you know they are selling these fancy as tickets and then apparently turns out when the reporters go there it's actually a tent literally a tent that you are trying to purchase uh traffic problems they're trying to arrange buses there they are out of infrastructure so it seems like they're out of their depth we'll only again this is a reporter's job so we'll only know when it's finally executed what it actually is Tifo football I'm giving all my recommendations right here but okay so Tifo football has this uh, wonderful series on the world cup in Qatar it has one episode out they zoom out go to the history of how politics is uh, involved in all of this right to the Kuwait war and stuff so very interesting uh, watch but yeah i mean it, it just seems like and after the after watching that football uncovered i'm like how did qatar pull this off like you know yeah. it is just insane i don't know what it is but uh, they did it and they literally moved 
everything from footballing schedule to you know uh, lives of people and and now it was you who said like uh, Sepp Blatter came out saying that uh, he wished he didn't pick Qatar was is that yeah, true Sharda said it and he said it in the documentary too I think oh maybe because I he was yeah, Sepp Blatter in the documentary says he was against Qatar and he advised some of the people on the FIFA executive committee who makes the decisions to vote against Qatar but it was too late by then because Qatar was uh, meeting with all of these big strong honchos yeah it was they were meeting with like the french president and all these big top notch guys right so so i and i remember watching even that in that they say basically the england was in con- in contest right i think it was uh, 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 england in 2018 and uh, usa in 2022 2022 okay so it this was is supposed to be america this time around oh okay so uh, i stand corrected all right but whatever it, i saw the the thing and it's it was like absolute shock when that yeah. you go back and you watch that video of Qatar it's like i don't think anybody except Seplatter knew he was going to be Qatar one of those things but anyway here yeah, we is, are can't yeah. be more excited it hasn't sunk in yet it hasn't sunk in yet but once i'm sure the tournament starts we're all we'll all be yeah. uh, i'm not, swept up I, i'm frenzy. not going to care about all this once the tournament starts i'm being very honest I like know. it's going it's, it's, it's just going to be football and i I love football. I'm going to be watching it. Exactly. So as much as we hate what goes on behind, yeah, World Cup. I think football World Cup. I think is the best tournament in the whole world. It, it's it no, it's not even close. Nothing gets me it's as so excited. Good. No other sport it's, gets me as excited. Uh, yeah, definitely not. But it's such a great tournament. Every it's it's just a different dynamic. You don't get to see these players often in those colors. So I'm sure once the kickoff happens. uh in on saturday or sunday uh, whenever it is uh, i'm going to be glued on to uh, the television to watch it so yeah no same here but okay so i think we've spoken football but okay if you had to pick of all these teams you already picked right is your what was your first pick again i forget belgium belgium so okay you you you're saying belgium so according to the drafts book you say belgium has the maximum probability of winning the world cup In, in my mind, in your in mind, my, mostly in that, mostly in my heart. Okay, in your, I'm Argentina is also from my heart. It was my brain was thrown aside, but I tried joining a lot of dots, momentum, manager, Messi, all these <laughs> but things. But the first dot but was Messi. Deep, yeah, it was, it was. No, I'm <laughs> not even, I'm not even going to defend it. Uh, yeah, but it helps that he has a good team. We'll see what it does, what they do. But yeah, with that being said. Mm, Yeah, I know you spoke, spoke briefly about Brazil, Brazil so, so let's speak about Sao Paulo, Paulo and, and the Formula 1 that happened. How about oh, that transition, huh? Yeah. That's a good segue. So, did you catch that race? It was lights out. I, it was insane. I missed it. It was insane. It was probably the best race that happened this uh, calendar year. So, uh, I you said you saw the highlights, right? But let me recap where in my head was the drama so probably get lippy and also i'm sure lippy watched it so yeah we should definitely get lippy on and uh, so what actually happened was there was a so this was this was a sprint race weekend right so qualifiers happen on friday uh, this is for the listeners and while qualifiers qualifying was happening uh, there was a weather change Okay so there was just this little rain and then it went dry and then you know so of all the people Kevin Magnussen was on pole okay so Haas. and yeah for Haas so Haas was on the pole and his teammate was 
ट्वेंटियथ आई थिंक सो इट वॉज इट वॉज जस्ट इन सेन एंड देन देर वॉज ऑब्वियसाइट मेक क्या सो इन ऑल प्रॉबिलिटी आई फील बैड सेंग दिस बट आई डोंट थिंक ही इज गॉन बी ऑन द ग्रेट नेक्स्ट ईयर द वे थिंग्स आर गोइंग नेवर द लेस कम द स्प्रिंट रेस एंड इट वॉज जॉर्ज रसिल हु वॉज ऑन पी वन देर वॉज इन इनसेन क्रैश बिटवीन ओलॉन्जो एंड हिज टीम एट एस्तबान ओकॉन सो ओलॉन्जो वॉज आउट एस्तबान ओकॉन फेल बैक टू आई थिंक फिफ्टीन स्पॉट everything that could happen in a formula 1 race uh, happened in this so they were i think uh, to uh, summarize the race the final feature race mercedes ended up 1 2 ferrari 3 4 and then it was uh, alonso fifth i think and sixth seventh was red bull and there was daniel ricardo and kevin magnussen coming together and crashing There was Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris crashing. Charles went into the wall. I don't know how he finished P4. He somehow limped his car back and uh, you know came P4. Yeah, I saw the crash and I don't don't know how he got up. Yeah, and so he, he somehow started the pits again. He yeah. literally he somehow limped his car back and then uh, as always Max and Hamilton uh, came together. So it was just insane in all of this. uh so just to give more context uh max has won the you know uh world drivers championship uh, red bull have won the constructors championship but for p2 right uh, the the race is open between charles leclerc and sergio perez so charles uh, sorry uh sergio perez as tells red bull to let him go through and red bull put uh, an, a message out to max asking him to let him go through and max flat out disobeys team orders it is just insane i i think it's stupidity cuz he's not biting for p1 he's p6 and he refuses to let uh, you know uh, sergio perez go through everything this had this is who helped him almost win uh, not almost win him win the championship the, dude, title it was last insane year. like it was Max won that Ray, only oh, that season only because of Checo not once but time and again and uh, there was a there was a brief snippet i think we'll add that uh, on this as an audio piece but max says we've already discussed this over summer and i told you i'm not going to let you, let him go through so something happened over the summer people allegedly allegedly say that uh, checo intentionally crashed in monaco not sure how far that's true but that dis- that pissed max off cuz he couldn't get his drive out in the qualifiers and stuff like that and then checo won right so there is there, this if you go watch this one netflix episode i think the whole drive survives everything comes into play politics and everything it was just insane max if we don't pass fernando on the exit 12 can we let checo through please let checo back through Yeah, don't worry about the DRS max. Let's check it through. Let's check it through. Max, what happened? I told you already last time. Uh, you guys don't ask that again to me. Okay? Are we clear about that? I gave my reasons and I stand by it. Okay, so Max will let you through. Yeah. Thank you for that, guys. Thank you. I'm sorry about that, Checo. We're deeply happy to have put. 
yeah it shows who who he really is uh so this this to me I, I, i'm going to ask lippy this question this to me is a tale that is as old as time uh, uh, there's an alpha dog and there's his teammate sometimes the 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 second the guy who's in second wall always wants some uh, preferential treatment because uh, the alpha dog always gets the preferential treatment right and that's how formula 1 works if you're the alpha dog you make sure you get everything that you can doesn't matter what doesn't matter if the stakes are high or there are no stakes involved if you're max verstappen right but still he doesn't let him through so lippy what did you make of the whole thing okay i i i get your point about the you know whole alpha dog thing but i still don't understand like this behavior because um it didn't matter to him like he had nothing to lose nothing to gain also so i do not and un- like i remember everyone we all know that formula 1 has this like driver 1 driver 2 thing like you know you are competing with your own teammate also and everyone knows about it but he didn't have anything to gain so i don't understand that why he could not the ego. only answer lippy is ego is <laughs> too petty i just think it, it it's damn petty it so like not i mean it, it and he has done so much jeko has done so much for him and because even uh, in mercedes you know when maldri was there there was this driver two driver one uh, treatment but i do not remember louis being so petty about it not that yeah. not that petty. no i mean it is it is ridiculous like what was i mean the only thing is even if whatever happened whatever the rumors in summer over monaco is true he really is so petty that he's like oh you did that to me i'm going to stick it up for you for p6 you know it's literally down to being that petty and what he's ruined his relationship with his teammate who's going to be there at least till 2024 right so and uh, it's just put the team in such a pickle it's such an uh, situation to be in i don't know how they're going to deal with it but uh, it was just insane but i went crazy because i was i was just laughing <laughs> that that was my reaction when when they play the radio and he's like no i'm not going out i just burst out laughing i didn't know what to how else to react and the whole race so, ended and they replayed it to for everyone to listen to it like it was yeah. not of the live coverage yeah. and it, it's just like i mean whatever he did even then he won right like even if agar checko if he did let's say benefit of doubt and whatever and he did crash on purpose max one monaco anyway how mm-hmm. does it matter <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, i don't understand but, but i think that's how these these guys are driven I, i'm i'm not supporting his behavior but that's how the world of formula 1 is i mean you yeah no i i also told that to someone like that's why i'm not raising i just don't have that killer instinct like to you know just turn the knife when it's when it's already in just turn the knife a little bit more that that's, so, yeah and yeah. that seeps through not just through the drivers but also the team management right yeah. all these principles too are like very cut very very cutthroat that's how it yeah. operates in that world uh you have all these sponsors and all of that but i think uh max said that uh mercedes were the favorite to win the race from the beginning and it turned out to be that i think mercedes had a for some reason had a better car this time round are they slowly finding their feet here lippy for next season we told you that <laughs> two two ferrari fans told you this was going to happen so right yeah, now no. ferrari and mercedes are fighting for second in constructors 
yeah there's like four or five points difference that's it <laughs> and that can be easily covered in abu dhabi <laughs> so, so there's is there only one race left yeah okay so they can definitely clinch this second spot and the way they are going i mean they had great pace this this you know sao paulo in sao paulo and i think in on the sprint day itself uh, max said that mercedes looks unbeatable yeah yeah right? and they did i mean it was great to see them back you know in the front and um i think also uh, there was not just this one even when the race was ending i remember charles asking his team that if he can you know switch with science which was i which was a great decision by the team not to let him because yeah. it it's really wrong to take away podium for i mean no yeah. wrong it yeah. was for sure uh, i think given how this ferrari season has gone i wouldn't be surprised at all if they end up getting finishing third because they, they i don't seem they do not seem to me like the smartest people on the circuit to be honest as far yeah, as the back a sort of shuffling or happen after this yeah. season in their team i hope that happens because i think they need it and uh, if you remember the post race uh, interviews that happened mm-hmm. i think even in that science said that uh, i think mercedes might win in abu dhabi because they said he said something on the lines of like uh, we have to you know be prepared for them to win but we'll push to our 100% a bit of a defeatist attitude if you ask me aniket i mean come on like i don't blame him <laughs> like <laughs> that's the reality been, of the man yeah they've been absolutely botching it up like ferrari is the king like if there was a world championship in botching it up ferrari had taken it mid season so it was it is unfortunately been like that even with leclerc all that's happened in the past couple of races it's just uh, it's just insane i mean um, i mean you just see this weekend the qualifying every leclerc is on mid inters yeah so did he, he didn't he didn't, didn't get a lap in right i don't even know he put in a i, I don't know i can't remember what happened now he put a lap in i think right he was sliding all over the place and he was asking his uh, no uh, you know engineer that am i the only one who's on inters <laughs> like, yeah we can confirm you are the only car on inter i mean oh my god even his teammate was not on inters seriously like it was just uh, i mean there's uh, like the buck stops at matia binotto but their strategist is like mashallah like he's made the number of uh, strategical errors you made in one season it's just i think it's a record I really I I agree to Aniket and you when you say like you know I don't I didn't expect Leclerc to finish P4 because a his crash and after that the amount of pit stops they asked him to make there was three pit <laughs> <Yeah>. stops <laughs> and even Clarence I don't know how he finished third because every time he was in a good position they're like box box and I'm like but but why <laughs> you know, he's doing well let him go yeah no this is this team is uh... the flip side of what it is you have two very good potential race winning even world championship winning drivers i think science is also pretty good he might not win it immediately but down the line you know there's a decent chance you give him a good car he really fights but this is a team that just absolutely botches it up every time and you can see i think charles at one point is now fed up so i i you 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 can just say he's defeated like he feels he defeated in his you know where he said that everyone thinks that uh, i felt like you know in 
French Grand Prix, I lost everything. But I think I lost long back in Belgium itself. He said, yeah, so, so it, it's, uh, I mean, you've got to really shake things up in this team to anything good to come out of it. Yeah. So we have, ahead. so what we have one more race to go. It, essentially, the only thing it comes down to is who finishes second and third in the constructors, then, right? Yeah. And, and the drivers, both. Yes. And the drivers, yeah. too. Yeah. George, good for George Russell. Finally, I think he's a fantastic driver. Uh, good, course, good on him yeah. that he's been showing signs throughout the season and, Finally, he's got his uh, much-deserved P1. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I that said, must... Go ahead, Lippy. Sorry. No, no. You, uh, so, I was just saying that, you know, I was when we were watching, I was just wondering if today there will be, like, you know, will George get to know that he's the uh, driver two of Mercedes? <laughs> but it did not happen because he was quite faster than Hamilton and also the crash. If I, Actually, if you see Max's statement even after the crash, that was also not a very, very, like, it was a very arrogant statement that, you know, I had nothing to lose, but I know it costed him the way. <laughs> that, that's the way he is. I'm, I'm t- you like him, dislike him, doesn't matter. You just have, that's yeah, the way he is. Matter. I can't stand Max. <laughs> <laughs> but tell yeah. you what, though, Lippy, he's not going to change. That's there. Right. And I, and I, I hate, I mean, I know he's a very talented, there's no doubt about it, very talented driver, but I just think he's way too arrogant. Like, in some ways, he's a lot like Fernando. I have this uh, insane, deep, latent respect for Max. He's everything that I cannot be. So, he's just, he's just, and he also came out saying, right, that uh, the crash didn't uh, impact me. Mercedes were anyway winning it. So... He's ruthless and obviously I think if you watch that again, that was more of a racing incident slash Hamilton fault, but he got the five second, five penal- second. penalty for it. Uh, fair enough. I mean, at this point, he's, he, he, he's going to be smoking cigars after races. Like that's the way it's going right now. So, uh, yeah. What a boys to be. Yeah. Uh, Abu Dhabi will be another exciting Grand Prix. So we'll see what happens. And for the record, he did say that if uh, after everything, he did say that if Checo needed him in Abu Dhabi, he would show up. So uh, he did say that uh, to be uh, fair. But yeah, I mean, I think Max made some, I don't know if it was intentional, but just the things he said have opened a lot of Pandora's box. Like the number of hits that must have gone on that Monaco qualifiers, people going and trying to watch what happened. Apparently, uh, it was rumored that either Checo told the team or whatever. Did or... he crash right before that tunnel? If I remember. Yeah, yeah, and then Science also crashed. That's the one. Yeah, they called it. They called it yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, it, unnecessary questions are going to be asked. Uh, I think it was a, a dick move from Max Verstappen to really. Uh, you know, he's a bit of a dick. So yeah. I mean, yeah, he is. Uh, that's what. Uh, I like he has that, and he doesn't give a he doesn't give a rat's ass about who thinks what, and yeah. So. So I think when it comes to crashes and everything, a I think again I think Red Bull needs a very good uh, media trainer. Very, <laughs> I do believe they need one. If they don't yeah. have one, definitely please put it out right now. And second, I think when it comes to crashes and everything, I as much as I don't think I don't know, but I think he's a lot like Lewis in that ways because. Lewis has also always believed in like if there's a little bit of gap then you push for it and you take it and I think that's what even Max does yeah don't see any because and if you actually go and see most of Lewis and Max's crashes it's a lot of time Lewis's fault also yeah, it's yeah. Max yeah. Was I, 
So with that uh, we can give our recommendations so Gautam go ahead um i have only one well couple fifa uncovered for sure i watched three uh, i was on the train last night so i downloaded three episodes and watched it uh on my tablet so i it is it is a great watch they do a good job of getting behind the scenes as to how these decisions takes place and there's some history to it as well so do check that out on netflix and also check out uh, uh newslaundry.com go to that website hit the subscribe button uh, you know what we do but if you haven't seen any or uh, listen to any other podcast do go check them out and also the news reports and interviews too uh, there have been a lot of video interviews recently so do check those out yeah uh, with that pay to keep news free i sorry before i say that i'm going to recommend one more thing just cuz ben stokes played the game that he did So uh I think Amazon has uh this original called Ben Stokes uh Phoenix from the Ashes. So I had recommended it earlier I think uh, I don't remember when but I think it's apt for uh this particular episode just cuz we spoke about him and the way he is. So go watch that and you learn about what a phenomenal guy he is. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again to uh, Sharda Ogra. Uh, thanks to producer Lipi for producing this podcast. Aniket, it's World Cup time so I'm sure we'll talk we'll keep chatting but uh, next time we are back we are going to talk a lot of uh, fifa world cup something for to it yeah likewise right. until then thanks everybody thanks guys all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel